Hello and thank you for listening to episode 415 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. And in this one I chat with Tony and Ron from Cusados ahead of the release of their new album, She's Automatic, which is coming out on the 28th of January from Deco Records. Hopefully you listened to a Soundcheck Amount show that I released in December last year, where among other bands I featured Crusados. If you didn't, please go back and listen to that and the other Soundcheck Amount shows. Lots of great music on those. So let's get ahead again. You don't listen to these for me, you listen to them for the guests. So let's have a listen to Tony, who is the founding member and the bass player of the band, and Ron, who is the vocalist, as we chat all about Crusados, the upcoming album, and a few little things beside. I will say no more, but get ready for uh, some interesting movie chat too. Tony, Ron, thank you so much for giving me your time ahead of the new album. Uh, I'm so excited to chat with you. I've loved your music uh, across all the different bands for a long, long time now. So actually to get some time to chat with you. And once again, through technology that we've just been talking about, to see you in front of me too is amazing. So <laughs> thank you thanks both. For having- yeah, thanks for having us. It's great. <laughs> Uh, before before we get on to things like the obviously the upcoming album, which I'm dying to have a chat with you about, I'm going to start, and I know both of you, you'd have been asked these questions before, but for the sake of our listenership, and for me as well, I'm not going to lie, I've got a movie-related question for both of you, and I think you know what's <laughs> going to come up <laughs> with both of you. I'm going to start with you. I, I don't discuss my, my old porn movies. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> there's not much to say about them no exactly yeah well the not much to say is why <laughs> uh, well, fire well, away go on tony let's start let's start with you tony because yeah roadhouse one of <laughs> the most awesome movies ever made <laughs> for lots of reasons i mean it is it's just one of my favorites uh, and a big favorite of the whole team here uh with patrick swayze the story the music of course i mean what tales have you got and i know you must have told them many times but what tales have you got from roadhouse uh, like it's one of those movies either you love it or hate it uh <laughs> i've heard it from i heard it both ways over the years <laughs> really <laughs> And then some people love to hate it or it's, it's, it just depends. But uh, when we got called to do roadhouse Crusados, it was like uh, an old Hollywood thing that Joel Silvers calls us the, one of the producers calls us into his office, smoking a big fat cigar, just like you would imagine a big Hollywood guy. He says, sit down boys. I want to have you in my movie. You know, uh, this movie's about, I guess I could say this, it's about tits and guns. Are you in or not? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, uh, yeah, you could count us in. So that's that's how it started. And you could guess that the filming of it was just as ridiculous. But that's that were the first few words about it that went down. So, And it is, it's, it's such an incredible soundtrack to it as well. I mean, it really drives the movie. It's a good soundtrack. The great Jeff Healy, who... Uh, we had the pleasure of knowing and uh, working with Jeff actually recorded one of our songs as well over the years. And he's, he was a great musician. We lost him way too soon, but Definitely. he was a ridiculous guitar player. Yeah. And where were you when you first saw Roadhouse? 
What was your first experience of watching it? Uh, I just about walked out. I'll be honest. Really? Um, <laughs> I swear, I, I didn't get it when I saw it. And I don't know what I was expecting because I went in with nothing, nothing preconceived. And I saw it and I was like, what the hell was that? You know, and I remember leaving and just like I brought it in with I went in with some family and they were all looking at me like, God, that was terrible. And so I kind of walked out like with my head hanging over <laughs> and then I revisited Roadhouse. I swear I hadn't seen it since it came out about two years ago. It was on cable. And, and my boy, who's 25 now, I said, oh, look, that, that movie I was in years ago. You want to watch? I've never seen it in years. So we sat there and we watched it. And it took me all, all those years passing by that I could appreciate the ridiculousness of the whole thing and people getting murdered like it has more killings like i think than any other movie you know <laughs> just about uh so i i grew to appreciate what people see in it over the years so oh yeah i mean i've watched it it's into double figures and i know a lot of people on our team have watched it into double figures too it's it is a bit of a favorite here i'm sorry i'm sorry for that <laughs> uh and ron for anybody that doesn't know, all I'm going to say to you is uh, I watched you once again this morning, as I have done many times, wrapping a pool cue around the back of Arnie's, <laughs> Arnie's head. Yeah. And for anybody listening to that and doesn't know what I'm talking about, would you, would you like to uh, expand on that story, please? Well, yeah, I, the, the quick backstory on that was, you know, back when, you know, back in the day, um, oddly enough, I... I had worked with Catherine Bigelow, the film director, back in the early 80s and did some music um, for her first feature film. And so we became friends, remained friends, and then she married Jim Cameron, James Cameron. And one day, you know, I get a phone call from him, and he's like, you know, are you in town? I'm like, yeah, we're actually off the road right now. He's like, well, I got a perfect part for you in my movie coming up next week. And he sent me out, and... They actually, he's so anal retentive. They made a wig to match my hair and they hired a guy to paint all my tattoos onto a stunt guy. Anyway, I go down there and he's like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. You're going to smack on Schwarzenegger in the head with a pool cue and he's going to throw you through a window. I'm like, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, sure enough. I, you know, we start filming and the first time I whack him in the head, it was a balsa wood pool cue. And I whack him in the back of the head, and he goes, ow. And Jim's like, cut. You're the Terminator. You can't say ow. He's like, well, that hurt. <laughs> and I just kept whacking him, and pieces were breaking off and wrapping around <laughs> his face. And we did it. I got to hit him like a dozen times. <laughs> and then, yeah, he grabs me and throws me through, you know, this window. Of course, you know, he just throws me into a pillow, and then a stunt guy that went through the glass. <laughs> and then I wound up on the hood of a car out front and Jim poured all this fake blood all over my face and I'm laying there for like three straight hours. And <laughs> oddly enough, besides that, I mean, I had no idea it was going to be in one of the most iconic scenes of the film, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, the weird thing is, is that night we shot it up in a suburb of Los Angeles, just North uh, of town at this old little country bar. And, biker bar place but that night we kept having to stop filming because there were all these sirens going for hours and 
you know, they always have off-duty cops that, that work security on these films, and they're listening to their radio. And that was the night of the Rodney King beat. It, wow. it went down like two blocks away from where they were filming. And Whoa. so there was just all these streams of cars, you know, cop cars with their sirens and lights going, going for hours, you know. And we didn't know any of this. And then, you know, weeks later, we found out that that, that was the whole, you know, thing. But... Yeah, it was crazy and a lot of fun. I got to hang out with all Schwarzenegger and, and you know, it was, uh, I, you'd never, I just never knew that it would turn out to be such an iconic part of the movie, you know? Oh, it is. Everybody knows that scene off by heart. And it's, again, yeah. such a great movie. I was in, I was in Canada when it was released and I went to watch it opening night in Canada. And I remember walking out of there and thinking, oh, my God, that's I've never seen anything like it with the effects in it and the, the story in it. And it's not often you get a sequel that is bigger and better than the original. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we, the interesting thing was the night that I was there, the producers came by and they had this meeting for a while. And then, um, excuse my dogs in the background here. Um, yeah, they, they basically went... Uh, they're gonna start howling now. <laughs> they're gonna start howling, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that night they came and they they shut down the, the funding because it was so over budget. And Jim guaranteed that from there on out he would cover all the filming expenses. And he went out of pocket. He took a huge gamble on that, which of course oh. paid off nicely. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it did. <laughs> well, you guys. I mean, you're you're music history goes back quite a long way shall we say uh yes. and like i said at the beginning you know, this, see all this white in our beard yes I know. That's, that's all yeah. <laughs> yes it's miles, under, miles under the wheels <laughs> yeah <laughs> and going back to the 80s and of course that was when the the first two Crusados albums were released i mean so much of the 80s is still it's still here with us today. People don't want to let go of the eighties, be it the movies that we just, you know, talked about, even though T two was ninety one. Um, but music especially, there's there's so much love for the music of the eighties and and the rock and the rock and roll music of the eighties that's still relevant today. And so many bands from that era as well are still touring, which I'm so thankful for. You know, the people who I listen to during the eighties are, are still going. What do you think it is about that decade that just keeps people loving it so much. I think a lot of it probably has to do with sad to say, but MTV really opened up. It exploded early eighties and it turned so many people onto, mm -hmm. wow, a, a whole new era, you know, of, of rock bands and seeing people perform and uh, it just exploded. So it made for a very exciting time in the eighties, at least for Crusados being on MTV, it opened our music yeah. up to a lot of people. I can only, kind of speak for our band but it was a it was a big deal for us you know oh definitely. rather than yeah and for our listenership as well tony do you want to give people a little bit of uh, background about the band as well yeah the back our, our crusado stemmed from our first band we had called the plugs which started in the late 70s they were an la punk band and uh well i guess we're probably most known for score in the soundtrack to the movie uh repo man mm -hmm. and uh we would later transition into uh the crusados we, we we were together for quite a while we transitioned in about 1983 our styles changed a little and uh 
We got signed in 80, 83, 84. We put our first Crusaders record out, 1985, one in 1987. We would later disband around 1989. And sadly to say, we lost two of our key members in the band. Uh, you know, they passed away. So this, this album is a tribute to both Chalo, our drummer, and Marsha, our guitarist. And um, so we tried to do that, do my pals justice by doing this record. And we're, we're back full circle. Here we are. Has it gone quick as well? Does it seem, you know, not too long? I know when I look back at the 80s and think, it doesn't seem that long ago, really. Oh, hell no. It seems really long ago. <laughs> really long. <laughs> what about you, Ron? What about what was the 80s like for you as far as uh, your music's concerned? Well, you know, it was weird because I'm originally a New Yorker. And so, like, 84, I wound up, you know, I cut my teeth on all the CBGBs and, and you know, Max's Kansas City and all those great clubs in New York. And, you know, this is right when hip hop started to explode and rock and roll kind of really took a back seat. So I picked up and relocated to LA and, you know, moved right into the heart of Hollywood and got a quick education on, you know, what a vibrant music scene there was happening in LA. Um, you know, there was the west side of town, which was all our, the Gazaris and the Sunset Strip going on. And the east side was clubs like Club Lingerie and Raji's, where bands like the Plugs and the Crusados and Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Blasters and all these Los great Lobos, bands. everybody. Yeah, Los Lobos. And, you know, there was just such a great variety of, of some really great music, you know, and, and it was really invigorating. And, that's kind of when I met, you know, guys like Chalo, Charlie, you know, Quintana and, and, and Tony and, and, you know, so it was just such a really exciting time. You know, I, I didn't own a car. I just built a motorcycle, you know, my first Harley got in LA and was just popping from club to club every night. Wound up becoming, you know, a doorman at, at some of the great clubs, um, you know, being a sort of, tattooed New Yorker, I had, you know, that sort of panache it took to, to run the door, decide who gets in and who doesn't with some big guys behind me in case people got out of hand. But it was just a really great time. And, and you know, like Tony was saying, this is when like MTV and VH1 were really just exploding with everything, you know, from you know, Chili Peppers to the Go-Go's to, you know, Van Halen and Motley Crue. And it was just so much, such a great wide variety um, of music to be had. And being just, you know, a fan of music, L.A. was just a really vibrant place at the time. So I have great memories of, of you know, running, running crazy all around town, seeing this just incredible array of music. I mean, LA is known worldwide for its rock music and the whole music scene. Again, especially going back to the 80s. I was in LA the last time, I think like about four years ago now, and I went into the Rainbow, which... It's you, still there. It's yeah. still there, and it was so awesome. Same people are still there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Lemmy's still sitting there, right? <laughs> his ghost is. He has right. his own... He had his own spot right by the video poker machine. He'd sit there with the Jack and Coke and play video poker all night long, every night. He had a place right up the street from it. So he lived there, you know. He was like the mayor. 
<laughs> oh, and it's, um, I mean, it's such a different time now for musicians. I mean, putting aside everything, everything that's happened over the last couple of years, I mean, with the whole business side of it and with streaming yeah. services and this, that and the other, it is so different to the 80s. How have you factored in all of this? Because it's got to be so difficult, you know, again, without all this COVID stuff that's been going on these days to be a musician and, you know, if new bands are coming up and trying to make a living out of it, I mean, how's, yeah. how is it with you guys these days? And what advice would you give to any up-and-coming bands today and everything that they've got to face with the world that we live in now? Yeah, well, you know, there's been a real blessing and a curse in it. Um, you know, the, the curse is that, you know, the sort of machinery that used to be in place by a very controlled kind of industry, you know, run by corporations, yeah, a musician would, you know, had a clear direction as to how to, you know, write songs, put a band together, who to present it to with the hopes of it trying to be picked up and sort of, you know, marketed and distributed all around the world so that they can have a career. And now it's just the wild west, you know, it's, you know, you put stuff out and it's very diluted and, you know, but the blessing on that side is for guys like us who have been, you know, doing it from the corporate sort of side to the just sort of out of your garage kind of side, you know, the, the, the blessing in it is that you can really just do whatever feels right and natural and you're not dependent on all these other people and entities that, you know, both Tony and I have had negative experiences as to how it dilutes what you do, how frustrating it gets. Sure, we miss the, the tour buses and the tour support and the team of people that were put behind you. But on the other side of that is we just get to be a bunch of guys in a band and do what we love to do and have an outlet to do it. We don't have no expectations of it, you know, potentially becoming as anywhere big as when you have that machinery behind you. But I, I think both of us can attest to the fact that, you know, we do this because it's a, it's a journey of love and one of the spirit rather than one of the wallet, you know? Now, we could say that's by necessity or by choice, but there is definitely some great freedoms within it. And we're trying to revel in that and appreciate that and let it come through in the music. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, with one of the advantages is what we said that we can do this and we can talk to each other. Yeah, you've got I guess now MTV, YouTube has replaced that with putting out the music videos, which is one way. Say for example, when she's automatic came on, first thing I could see it straight away. No matter where I was, I could be out, you know, outside and watch it on my phone. I could. There's yeah. also <laughs> ways that I can consume yeah. the music as well. Which, by the way, let's get onto the new album because she's automatic. I defy anybody to listen to this and at the very least try not to move your feet it's one of those songs <laughs> that you you can't sit still and Better listen to it nobody can horror, you know? <laughs> 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 oh it's it's such it's such a great song i you know i love i really love the song and it's uh again yeah you just it's it's one of those upbeat feel good songs that I've played on rotation lots lots and lots of, of times. What was it? I mean, tell me about the songs for the new album. There's 11 songs on the new album. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, they're basically uh, our, our little tribute to, to some of our great rock and roll heroes and a lot of the stuff you'll hear on the record. It's reminiscent, the rhythms, the tempos, the maybe the themes in the music, but 
like me and Ron were talking earlier, we're not really trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're just playing some simple kick-ass old-school rock and roll. You know, we are older guys, so we're not trying to keep up with, you know, the, the, the new kids on the block. And I don't mean the new kids on the block. Cause <laughs> all due respect, they're my favorite. Thing. I'm more of a Backstreet Boys guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you know all of these songs are little little tributes of love of music that we all collectively as a unit have an affinity for and you know like when Tony first brought these songs because Tony wrote the song you know wrote all the songs and a couple of them are co-written with some of his you know compatriots over the years they were all just they were just like this collection of you know, great little musical tidbits and, you know, like that Bo Diddley kind of beat that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so iconic and it's so infectious. And so, you know, to to do our own little blend of it with a little bit of punk rock attitude on top of it, you know, for us, that's where the, um, where the joy comes in. We get to just be reverent and and loving to so many things, you know, as we've said earlier, we're fans of music before we're even makers of music. And we try to let that come through in everything we do. Absolutely. Big fans. What's your, what's your songwriting process like, Tony? You know, you've written the songs for this. Have you got any set way that you write songs? Is it just purely organic all the time? I just get an idea. I do a lot of driving because I live in LA. I'm on the freeway just about (laughs) all the time. (laughs) I get ideas and, I, I like to get ideas and come up with little ideas when I drive. I go home, put a little, I could hum it to something. And then, you know, with the new age, you know, you, like a lot of people these days, you just mumble into your phone. I go home and I get a rough sketch of stuff. I mean, real rough. Ron will tell you some of the tapes I sent to him. It's so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> a quick side note. Talk about old school. Every time we get like a song demo, an idea from Tony, because of his sort of, let's just say, level, his technological level of expertise is quite minimal. Oh, yeah. He, he puts it down and then he plays it on his car speakers while filming it on his iPhone. So he's in it. So he had a little piece of tape with the song title taped to the dashboard while he's playing it over his car stereo because getting it, like, uploaded and, and sent via his computer. I can't do it. Ain't gonna happen. No. <laughs> He's thinking out how to get it to play in his car, and he just records it from his car. So I have like this folder of all of these oh, things, it's just a handwritten note or piece of paper. It's Jeez, embarrassing. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. But they, they, you know, when I everything come came to life, you know, we got a great batch of players on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of my favorite players: Lauren from the Dogs, Molinar, uh, Rob Clanell on drums, Mark Tramaya slide guitar, you know, I, I had no idea bringing in a sketch of a song, how it would just pop. And within 10 minutes, me and Ron both agreed, like when we started playing these songs, like, wow, this is like kick-ass stuff again. This is mm-hmm. exciting because it, it all stemmed from this terrible, these terrible demos that I made. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, what's the plan for getting out there and, you know, put it in people's ears lives, which I know is kind of tricky at the moment but what's the plan oh, yeah. you've got at the moment <laughs> what's what's happening at the moment with all of that well we're right. hoping we, we have a, a a tour for like three weeks in um in europe 
coming up in March. We're hoping that we can come over to the UK at some point this so. year as well. Um, you know, it's just so hard. A lot of people don't understand the, the, the complications of what it's like for a band to put, you know, tours take all this planning, mm-hmm. transportation and travel and accommodations. And there's so much craziness going on due to the pandemic with different venues just trying to hang on. So when you call up somebody to try to, hey, let's can we book a show in eight months? And they just come out and say, we don't even know if we're going to be here in eight months. We're just trying to make it through this month. Make the... So it's really, really difficult. And to commit to all of that and to put all the coordinations together and the, and the commitments together, it's, it's a really, really, as if it wasn't hard enough with what's happening in the music business. So... You know, we're just trying to navigate that, stay positive, and, you know, hope that we can get out and bring it to folks, you know. So that's the plan. Some other variant where, you know, protest or rally or conspiracy theory doesn't put an end to it all. That's what we're hoping to do. Oh, yeah. I hope I hope nothing stops you guys. I really do. And now we're, we're too, we're too, um, Stubborn to stop. <laughs> it's hard to stop. Mules. Yeah, yeah. And is this is this the beginning of more new music now? Is oh, that- I hope so. I hope so. This has been nothing but a treat. I mean, yeah. we've got a really good flow going. You know, Tony's a he's a prolific and talented songwriter. You know, we're all we're all we're all good buddies in the band. You know, we all care about each other and we all get along really well. It's a great bunch of guys. Yeah. Besides it being musically a treat, it's just personally a treat to, to be in everybody's company and the stories and the, the attitude and approach to life in general. Everybody's just really good guys. And it's, it's hard being in a band with five guys that aren't, you know, assholes, you know, <laughs> with a lot of personality and a lot of, you know, it's hard enough being in a relationship with one person, but doing it with five guys is really <laughs> rough. And so it's really just such a great complement of, of personalities and, and, you know, everybody's got integrity and are really good people. So it's just really, uh, and then on top of it, getting together musically, is just so effortless and pleasurable that, yeah, uh, we're, we're, you know, can't put a rain on this one, man. This one's going to, is going to keep going. Oh, that's great to hear. It really is. Cause I'm telling everybody to, to buy this upcoming album and I will be telling everybody <laughs> well, if, you know, if yeah. you get over here to the UK, I'll be pushing everybody to go and see you live myself included. I'll be there. Well, you, I'll be there too as well. I can't wrap this up though, because, oh, it's, just getting the warning about the time that we've got <laughs> we've got left, so I will. I'll have to be quick. Uh, I can't wrap this up though, Ron, without asking you because all our listeners know I'm a huge Kiss fan. <laughs> You've toured with Kiss. Give give me one story. Give me one story from on the road with Kiss. Um, okay, so we're 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 on tour with Kiss, and you know we're doing the sound checks and stuff. And Gene is notoriously brutal on on his crew. And they he, they got this sound guy, and he keeps yelling them. Now they, they're doing way ahead of their time. They're doing vocal samples on the choruses. And my buddy Gary Corbett, rest his soul, 
used to trigger them. And Gene would never say he wanted to hear more of the keyboard. He would say he wants the ball. Anyway, it kept going wrong. He winds up firing the, the sound engineer. But what was weird was the sound engineer every day was wearing like this racing jacket and a racing hat. We figured he's a big car fan, you know, race car fan. And so the night that he got fired, he he had went out and he got one of these cardboard cutouts of a guy, a race car guy with the thing in the hat. And he just stuck it behind the soundboard and he left. <laughs> he set this whole thing up. He left and went to the airport. And, you know, the cardboard guy's doing this through the whole show. And, and it was, it's just, there's a million. Gene Simmons, what an incredibly talented, his, his, uh, personality is is larger than life and i learned so much from the guy and he's he's really just he's one of a kind man <laughs> he's one of a kind well listen guys i'm sure that when more new music comes out again or even when you're touring over here in the uk we can get to record again together we'll get some more stories some more road stories on Great. the go thank you Dave. And we'll talk about more yeah. music but Thank you for the music that you've given me and everyone else around the world over the years. Thank you for this new oh. album that's coming up, the music from the future as well. And I, again, fingers crossed, I hope I get to see you over here in the UK soon. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, good luck with everything that you do. Guys. We appreciate it. And I hope yeah. to cross it soon. Yeah, I need some curry chips is what I need. So I need to get, <laughs> get, get, get me a, a big plate. Yeah, there's, there's a treat waiting for you right there, Ron. There you go. For the sake of the edit, thanks again, guys, and uh, good luck. Thank with you. Good luck with everything. Thanks. thanks, man. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Hopefully, you're going to pre-order, or by the time you listen to this, buy immediately. It might already be out. The new album. It is really, really good. As I said on the show, I've had the pleasure. Of listening to this it's a cracking cracking album uh, you won't be disappointed and like i said on the show i defy you to stay still while you listen to it uh, you can help support us just go to 60mw.co.uk everything that we do is on there news reviews all the different format podcasts links to our social media lots of other stuff just go and visit surely by now you have it bookmarked surely by now maybe you even have it as your homepage. if you do Thank you very much. Now, to end the show, of course, I'm going to play once again, just in case you missed it, on the Sound Check em Out show, the latest single at the time of recording. And again, I will say, try and keep your feet still while you listen to She's Automatic. <laughs> 